Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. We have a fun one for you here. We're going to review six papers from the fine folks at Meta at the uh, at a conference that just uh, is going on right now, the uh, Conference on Computer Vision and Pattern Recognition. So we're going to get a lot of computer vision related things and it, this should be pretty cool. We got six papers we're going to we're going to run through here for you. So I'll kick it off. The first paper is Ego Task. EgoTask is um, a paper that's focused, and there's another one of these as well that I'll talk about here shortly, is focused on video tasks that are egocentric. So egocentric means it's, it's first-person view. Almost imagine you're wearing Apple uh, Vision Pros and you're recording what you're seeing. So all these videos are from the perspective of somebody who's, you know, looking through their own eyes. And obviously, this is a specific type of video. And so what we're talking about here is how do we apply you know, AI to handle these specific types of videos better than if you just have a very general model around videos. And so what they found here is when they're focused on egocentric tasks, say painting versus cooking or playing chess, that you can create better results by having a translator that translates between these types of tasks. So why is this interesting? Why is this useful? Uh, I think there's a really, you know, cool example that kind of occurred to me in my own life. Often when I'm thinking of, uh, whenever I play the guitar a lot of times, it kind of strikes me as almost a weird form of painting. The way of my, the way you move your hands along the guitar's neck uh, is almost like the way you brush uh, or, or draw brush strokes when you're painting. And I've always kind of like made this weird connection between the two. This paper is sort of implying something similar, which is to say that, you know, if you show how somebody is playing chess or how somebody is painting, you can create a different video of a different task and potentially use that to learn. So there is a lot of similarities between different egocentric tasks. Uh, cooking and painting, despite what you may think, uh, have a lot of similarities in, in how your hand moves. So if you happen to be someone who's very good at cooking, uh, you could use this to watch videos, you know, generate a video of painting that kind of uses the same hand motions that you were doing when you were cooking. So it's essentially creating a connection in your mind so that you can do this new thing with something that you already know how to do. I thought that was a really interesting thing. And, you know, again, what they're trying to accomplish here is a more specific understanding and translation in a, in a more limited domain. It's not trying to be everything for every type of video. It's trying to use this for, you know, just egocentric videos. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first one. Got yeah, it? That, that makes sense. That plays into well it's just kind of like a self-awareness between the egocentric of different activities so yeah yeah next up we have paco meta announced paco which is parts and attributes of common objects basically just a large-scale database which provides object mass part mass object level attributes and part level attributes so when you have a picture of a frame of different objects instead of just saying oh here's a laptop you can say oh here's a laptop monitor here's a laptop keyboard that is white though it has a, the, the segmentation of the different parts, but then B, also it can label different parts of different attributes. So you have very specific details about images. So this is a very large data set, um, hundreds of different objects, very wide of, of types of information. And this again relates back to another data set and model that Meta released about a few months ago now called SAM, Segment Anything. So again, another very useful model. This is just a data set, but it is open source and commercially licensed. So feel free to use it however you want. 
And if you're training an AI for open source computer vision that needs all these specific colors, like, oh, red car wheels, not just like a car, then this is a very useful model for that. Yeah, I forgot to mention that EgoTask is currently non-commercial. Yes. Super cool. Yeah, next up we have Genesis. So Genesis is a new benchmark um, and their goal is pretty much to say, hey, how do we measure a model's ability to test similarity of images? So if you've ever worked on similarity of images, of course, you know, hey, we can take one picture and another picture and say, oh, is, is there a dog in this picture? You can do similarity based on objects, but similarity based on colors and textures and objects and combining all these things to say, hey, is this similar vibes to this other image? And that's really what this benchmark proposes is how do we measure a model's ability to compare similarity? So two interesting things from this. One is that they found that clip. So clip is the model from OpenAI to measure, you know, a connection between text and an image. It found that that performed badly on this benchmark. And also a lot of models that are great at computer vision. So models that perform well on ImageNet, for example, did not really perform well within this similarity test. Um, so they also proposed a kind of new way to mine text data and image data to try to improve similarity scores. Um, but really cool applications, I think, to fashion or just any kind of computer vision that you want to say, hey, how do we compare two images that you can't fully describe just based on objects or just based on colors? How do we measure their similarity? Um, and Genesis is really trying to tackle that. So it is not commercially available, but a really cool way if you have a new model, new image model you're testing, a great benchmark to test that out. Very cool. All right, our next one is called LaVilla, which is learning video representations from large language models. And what they're doing here is essentially fine tuning uh, an LLM, for example, GPT-2 on visual inputs to create video narrators. And what they found is that when you do this, what you get is a much richer narration of a video. And interestingly enough, they're using the same egocentric video data set as the EgoTask uh, group is, which is something like, I think, 10,000 hours or 100 hours of video on 10,000 different tasks. It's a pretty large data set of e egocentric video. And so, for example, they find that maybe you have a video uh, where a basic video image translator is giving you something like, you know, this person is separating some yarn. Well, what they found is when they fine tune an LLM on these sort of videos, plus their narrations, they can get much richer descriptions. So instead of just, you know, person separates the yarn, it's person pulls out the yarn with their right hand. Or instead of just this person, you know, person lifts container, it becomes person lifts container and wipes the countertop. And what they found is that once they've done this, they can go back over video that is very sparsely narrated and actually re-narrate the whole thing with a much richer narration, with much more rich understanding of what's going on in the model. So what they're essentially, you know, we've talked about this a trillion times, is they're leveraging one AI model to sort of boost another AI model and, and together they're more powerful than if it was just kind of trained on its own. So I thought this was really interesting uh, and this is commercially available and, and it's a way for you to, you know, we'll probably start seeing things like this in YouTube uh, where the narration can be just even richer than just what the people are, people are saying. And then sometimes if the audio uh, is lost, for example, it can generate a narration from just the video. Very cool. I like it. Hmm. 
Next up, we have Galactic. Galactic is a large-scale simulation and reinforcement learning framework for robotic mobile manipulation in indoor environments. So essentially, they have a they built a very large-scale framework that iterates over and over to train a robot to move objects in an environment. They gave it different kinds of environments, different kinds of robotic setups, but in the end, it's essentially a robot that can move and has a seven degrees of freedom arm and it just teaches it, hey, you find a can over here, can you move it to the trash? Or hey, you find this on the floor, can you move it to the counter? A very large scale framework, I believe they trained it in uh, at 100,000 steps per second. So extremely fast to train, extremely reliant to train on just eight GPUs. And they taught it how to move objects. And very exciting for robotics and being able to scale this reinforcement learning to teach complex tasks like this. Was so, this uh, simulated robotics or actual robots? Simulated robotics, but again, it's robotics. Uh, it's just like a simple arm. So mm -hmm. they're applied to a real world robot. But the big part of it being simulated was that they can train it much faster, of course, than they can right. train non-simulated. So yeah. yes, Galactic is non-commercial also. Very cool. Last up, we have Higher VL. So Higher VL is a hierarchical video language embedding. So video language embedding is pretty much when you're saying, hey, take this video and explain to me what's happening in it. Um, and there's a lot of models that can take, you know, three, five, maybe even 10 seconds of a clip and say, hey, this person is, you know, chopping an onion. But when you take that up and you say, hey, what's happening across a 20 minute long video? That's becomes a problem for a lot of these models. So what higher VL does is it pretty much trains both on the short clips as well as a summary of the entire clip. So taking chopping an onion, taking putting it in a pot and understanding that the entire video is about you making a soup. So a really cool way to improve understanding and describing a long form video. Imagine giving it a movie and saying, hey, what happens in this movie? Like explain the actual movie to me versus just specific pieces of it. So that's what's hierarchical video language embedding is. Um, I think it's a really cool paper if you know you have any of these applications of reviewing drone footage, reviewing a body cam footage, reviewing whatever it may be, how can we improve that across these long form videos? And that's what people are beginning to stab at. So this one is not commercial, but a really kind of great viewpoint of where these video language embeddings are going. How long of videos can it process, you know? Um, for this one, I think it's up to probably about 30 minutes. Um, it's like what they're training them on. So they're training them on pretty much the long form summary of these videos. I imagine this scales up even further than that, but I'm not sure if it was trained on that. Big year at the conference on computer vision and pattern recognition. Get ready for Apple Vision Pro. Cool apps to be leveraging some of these technologies because the Vision Pro is not going to be on your head for another year, which is about a thousand years of development in the world of a AI. So these will all be like silly little jokes a, a year from now when you can actually use your uh, Apple headset, which will be pretty awesome to see. What else are we seeing out in the real world? I uh, read a little story about OpenAI planning to open an app store for AI models that people build uh, on top of OpenAI structure. Not a lot of information of it on it. Something people have been anticipating. We're seeing OpenAI start getting closer and closer to its own little app store, which I'm sure will be pretty big news. Uh, the cool thing about the folks at OpenAI is that they're they're willing to do things early. 
uh, plugins, for example, they, they did early. And then they came out and said, you know what, plugins aren't, you know, quite doing all the things that we thought they were doing. And I think that's a pretty awesome uh, position to take as a, as a company to kind of try things early, get stuff out there and just be honest about whether or not it's crushing it or not. You know, I don't think they need to worry about crushing it over there at OpenAI. The world is con consumed with everything uh, post GPT-3 launching. So uh, probably some more awesome stuff coming out and we're looking forward to seeing what the app store is like. Is that like a prompt app store it's going to be or like an actual like models or do we not know? Apparently it's, you know, selling or monetizing your own models that you've built off of OpenAI. Tough to really know exactly what they mean. I guess it's, they do have fine tuning plan for GPT yeah. or GPT 3.5. So probably related to that. Yeah. Fascinating. What about you guys? Uh, yeah, well, we covered it a bit yesterday with ByteDance buying, you know, a billion dollars of GPU chips and the whole sanctions that are coming. But there was a really, nothing too surprising, but a really just kind of fun read about this kind of underground market that's being built and developing in China to get these A100s and H100s. So they talked about a few small vendors out in like Shenzhen um, selling, you know, kind of this underground black market of A100s. Um, it's a really fun read. And I think it also touches on, you know, Farb's comment from yesterday of how chips really are the new most important thing for humanity. And like our black markets have gone from, you know, whatever they may have been a hundred years ago to NVIDIA A100 chips that startups and researchers and who knows who else are trying to buy underground and they're charging them, gosh, $20,000 per chip. You know, they retail for about 10,000 and people are going underground. They're saying, Hey, can you give me three of these chips? Like. You can just imagine what it's like, you know, being on the ground there with these sanctions coming in, how they're going to handle it, how small firms are handling it. We saw ByteDance can put all their weight and pre-order a billion dollars. But if you just want a couple chips to train your model at, you know, your local school, well, this is how you're getting it now. So really fun read. We'll link it below and definitely recommend you check it out. I love Shenzhen. I miss Shenzhen and I'm going to have to call my friends there and see what's going on. <laughs> Been, been too long since I've been there. It's a very curious question of how much money ByteDance is putting into the black market GPUs versus the, like, from NVIDIA. So, oh, probably a tough question to get an answer to. Well, if you have that We're going to have some really interesting stories in the next Well, week. you'd be amazed. You talk to people on, the, the, the best information you can ever get on this stuff is people on the ground. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have they that more than you exactly. have Drop it in the comments below. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All our Shenzhen fans. All yeah. our Shenzhen fans, hearts out to you. Um, yeah, so I read that, of course, OpenAI, Sam Altman have been calling for AI regulation for the past couple months, two months, past while. Um, so they've talked, he's been talking to the EU, he's been traveling around the EU to different countries saying, hey, we need regulation. But then Time Magazine, of course, very famous for being fearful of AI and promoting AI fear. Uh, has an exclusive story that OpenAI is trying to decrease AI regulation. Not that surprising, of course, because although they are calling for regulation, he has said in the past, if EU overregulates too much, they would have to pull out of the EU. So not too surprising that they want to moderate the amount of regulation, especially in certain domains like education and employment. So interesting story, not too surprising though. Negotiating in public. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's geopolitics and it's the way, it's the way things are done and kudos to them for being savvy enough to know how this stuff works.
Well, that was a that was a fun episode. Uh, hopefully, you stuck around to hear all the cool papers coming out of the Computer Vision Conference. Nice work, folks at Meta, for continuing to crush the uh, papers on all things AI. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow with more AI Daily. See you guys tomorrow. Peace, guys.